0: Hello and welcome to the Cat Mass Day Chronicles. We have exciting, interesting and powerful stories from cat owners about well-being. I'm your host, Michelle Adams, the founder of Chatty Cats Care, a professional cat sitting company. Join me as I dive deep into conversation with cat owners about their individual journeys. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. By Chatty Cats Care, London's professional cat sitting company. Hello, and welcome to the Cat Master Chronicles, episode nine. This week, we are joined by the amazing and multi-talented actress, influencer, TV presenter, lawyer, cat sitter, and beyond, Yasmin Alice. She is such a huge cat lover, and currently operates a cat sitting and cat handling service. She also fosters cats with the RSPCA, which is amazing. But she doesn't stop there, she wears many hats, and I'm not really sure how Yasmin manages to find the time in the day to do everything, but I'm sure we will find out all about that soon. So Yasmin, thank you very much and welcome to the show.
1: Hi, (laughs) how exciting to talk about cats.
0: (laughs) And I know you're a huge cat lover. Um, So could you tell the listeners a bit more about yourself and what you do and the cats you help and look after?
1: Sure, I will do. Um, So I'm Yasmin Ellis, as you have brilliantly introduced me. Um, i originally born and bred in Istanbul and about 12 years ago I came to England to study and I went to university, studied law, qualified as a lawyer, I was working as a corporate lawyer and then one day I got scouted and I was like you know what I want to start working as a TV reporter Mm -hmm. with this uh, brilliant job office. I was working as a um, Turkish news correspondent and from that I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna kind of try and audition for a few things. I was on TV quite a lot. I was on I was on air like twice a week. So it kind of gave me the confidence to kind of try out. And like, you know, I auditioned once, I auditioned twice, and I found myself in a TV show, I found myself in a commercial. And back in the day I thought this is such an easy industry, but obviously it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's just I was really lucky. I had like the beginners luck and Mm. that's how I started working in the film industry and with cats Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um yeah I'm just like a cat lady I'm a really proud (laughs) cat lady I love cats I have cat decor everywhere around the house I have (laughs) tattoos and
0: my clothes and my shoes everything
1: has cats on them so yeah
0: (laughs) oh amazing um so yeah you you mentioned that you originally studied law and law is not an easy topic or subject to study anyway so I can imagine you studied really hard uh, for that and then decided to completely change your career um how was that journey for you to be honest
1: with you because I was always such a nerd like I was a cool nerd you know we would be like you know partying and going to raves but I was always a nerd like I always Kept up up with my studies in high school. So for me to get accepted to university was super easy. For me to okay. go and study law. I know it sounds kind of like big headed, but it was easy because I loved studying. I was such mm. a geek. And I thought to myself in high school... You know what's the hardest thing I can study really, which is not medicine because medicine is yuck for me. I couldn't do. <laughs> I didn't have the heart to do it. Yeah. Um, so that's what I thought was the hardest thing I could study because I didn't have any dreams or passion really. So that's why I chose law. Okay,
0: that's interesting you said that um, because for me personally, I I I did act um, a lot as a child as well. But I feel like it's. All I kind of wanted to do, and I could never imagine not having a non-creative kind of job. Even now, um, I'm not acting at the moment, but I still like to, you know, dabble in different creative things just to keep, you know, the creative juices flowing and 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 that. Mm. So yeah, I can't. Um, it's it's so strange that you never like thought about it before, and then decided to just pursue it. But it's amazing at the same time. I know,
1: but I also kind of thought, oh, why didn't I ever join the theatre club mm. or why didn't I take any lessons? I was 25 years old working as a corporate lawyer when I saw a local uh, acting class mm. and I decided to go like once a week in the evening and the teacher mm-hmm. there, he's like one of those failed actors that has done one small scene in a big mm. film and he looked at me in the face and said, you will never be a lead role. You're never oh, going wow. to succeed as and I was like, oh, you know what? I don't care what he says because I'm a lawyer. I'm not, I'm not going to like try and make it in the acting industry. At yeah. the time, that's what I thought. But it always kinda, like resonated with me that he said that. Mm. And that kind of, I think fired me up and guessed me up and I was like you know what I'm gonna give it a go yeah audition for a few things
0: (laughs) yeah yeah sometimes you need that though sometimes you know you need that extra push and I I feel like I completely you know can kind of relate um from from being in school and you know I wasn't the best. I um, I was like a bit of a class clown. I'm not going to lie. So um, when teachers would kind of like say things like you know you're not going to get anywhere or you know really you know hurtful things, it always kind of pushed me and spurred me to, to to kind of prove them wrong and and to make something of myself. So yeah, I think sometimes those kind of things are really work out well in the end. <laughs> I think
1: we're small minority that does have that feeling but I think as a teacher or as a prominent figure that little ones or younger people or people new in the industry look up to you should always be very very encouraging and you should never Mm -hmm. talk like that because years later he did come and ask to sign with my agent and whether if I would put in a good word and I was like "Mm, I'm gonna ignore his email yeah
0: (laughs) yeah exactly exactly (laughs) always treat people how you want to be treated that's my motto Exactly. Yeah um mm. yeah so so tell us a bit more about the acting like what were some of your favorite roles to act do you are you currently working on something
1: yes so I'm currently working on something but I'm not allowed to talk about it okay <laughs> I I have um um I have a small role in a really big project and mm-hmm. I've been going Back and forth between Manchester every week. And it's wow. been exhausting. Mm. It's like a three-hour journey to Manchester. And then sometimes I stayed there in a hotel. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, that's been brilliant way to just kind of like ease back into... Uh, work mode since Mm. COVID and then I've done a commercial last week I've booked quite a few more jobs in the next few weeks and then I think it's it's all to do with just mindset because I'm working a lot on my mindset and positive thinking and law of attraction so um, yeah but like some of my favorite roles you've asked I think my favorite role is I've played the lead role in a sci-fi action film which is not out yet it's called Poplite Centurion, and it was a dr- a dream role that I've manifested. I wow. always wanted to work with guns, and I wanted to have yeah. fight choreography and be a badass bitch, and just yeah, like you yeah, know, yeah. go and like people. And in this film, I'm playing a um lesbian detective uh-huh. with a robotic arm. Wow, and a facial scar. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. sounds so, amazing. I know. I do get typecast uh, for LGBTQI plus roles. Okay. Um, I'm an ally, uh, I would say, but I don't know why. And I'm I'm (laughs) running with it. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. And that was definitely one of my dream jobs, I would say. And my second dream job that I'm trying to manifest is I wanted to be like a villain in a Kill Bill type of movie Mm -hmm. where I get like swords and ninja outfits. and. (laughs) Um, swords and ninja outfits in a temple somewhere in Japan like something like that that's what I yeah yeah are you into that kind of um kind of genre yes I'm a huge martial (laughs) artist and uh, I've got a collection of swords and every day I pick up my sword I've got like a, a handmade katana in my flat and I take it out Amazing. and I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like yeah one day it's gonna happen yeah <laughs> No
0: am that weird, you know no I believe it because I, I very much believe in the law of attraction as well and, and manifesting things so um yeah I think if you put it out there you know speak it into existence it's going to happen it will happen. And I can't wait for you to tell me that it is so Mm. I can watch. (laughs) That's amazing. And it's nice, I guess, to settle and get back into things after COVID, which I guess kind of like put things at a standstill a little bit for you.
1: Yeah, but um, I'm not, so a lot of people are complaining that there's no work. There is work, but it's just a little weird because everyone is wearing masks. Yeah. And as actresses, we're constantly looking for validation and we're looking mm. at people, are they smiling? Are they happy with my acting skills, my performance? And I don't know who's thinking what because yeah. everybody's wearing masks. Oh, <laughs> no. So it's it's, it's it's been weird coming back on set and kind of interacting with the other actors and crew because you don't know
0: what people are thinking. So, yeah. yeah. I can imagine you kind of have to just look into their eyes and think... Can I read anything from your eyes? (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Um, So I read as well that you played Frida Kahlo and um, she's actually one of the huge inspirations in my life. Um, I love her. So um, what was it like playing that role for you?
1: Oh, this was such a feminist pro women's mm. rights type of film it was an artistic project that a a good friend of mine uh produced and starred in raquel okay. and she's a latina and she wanted to do this film where she brought a big group of women together and we all dressed up as frida kahlo and oh, wow. the uh film is going to do the festival circuit so it's it's a lot of fun so it's not like a narrative but it's more mm-hmm. about it's more like a artistic experimental yes. type of film nice. and uh it was really fun to do like take pictures of each other and like have the unibrow because yeah. you know i'm middle Eastern. and if i wanted i would <laughs> have a unibrow <laughs> but i'm struggling with that since high school so i wasn't gonna let that happen uh, so that's all makeup
0: <laughs> i love the unibrow look
1: yeah <laughs> imagine <laughs> imagine being single in London with that unibrow as if I didn't have enough problems
0: Uh (laughs) that's hilarious so I guess it's nice as well coming together as like a female collective and I know that you're kind of a supporter of feminism human rights and animal rights so yeah that must have been really nice um to work with other females um in that kind of sense as well
1: Definitely. It was a nice collaboration. It was quite inspirational.
0: Yeah. Um, So, and you decided to try your hand at TV presenting. Was that in Turkey or was that here in the UK?
1: So... I've been here for 12 years and I was working as a lawyer Mm. and I think in my fourth year as a lawyer I got scouted online and I was still working in the UK as a Turkish news correspondent Uh and I've worked for many different English channels as well I was a Uh reporter for Amnesty International I was a presenter for a lot of like YouTube channels Uh uh, which are English I've done a lot of documentaries and Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I do a lot of like stage hosting as well. I I host children's uh, quizzes. I've hosted women's rice festivals, film festivals, even though English is not my mother tongue. And I used to think, oh God, I'm never gonna like be able to work as a presenter in English because people can tell that I have an accent. I'm a foreigner, (laughs) but you know what? I'm using that to my advantage because the fact that I have a have an accent doesn't mean that I shouldn't work in this country you know so I had to come to that and once I've accepted that fact about myself I started booking a lot of work and you know what I love being on stage I love being in front of the cameras because I'm a Leo yeah (laughs) anytime I can be in the spotlight I take the opportunity and snatch it yeah yeah
0: I can relate to that and I can't hear um I think your English is impeccable it's It's really good. So, yeah, I I can't hear any. You you sound like you have a very good voice and very good for presenting and speaking. So, yeah, I think sometimes, um, like I've been speaking with some friends recently and a lot of people um, talk about that imposter syndrome that kind of comes in sometimes.
1: Oh,
0: oh, oh. Oh, tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like not thinking. That's my second name. I really...
1: Girl, I've been, I've been like struggling with the imposter syndrome. Like my last TV job, when I booked it about maybe like a month ago or something, I was like, oh my God, they made a mistake. They totally made a mistake. They're going to cancel. So I would go into like my first costume fitting and think, oh my God, she's looking at me weird. She's going to tell the director that I'm (laughs) horrible. I'm going to get canceled. (laughs) Um, Once I was on set and filming, I was like, okay, I think they like me. (laughs) I think I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Um, director said something he was like oh yasmin's an amazing actress and i was like is there another yasmin in like, <laughs> what is he talking about um uh, but yeah i think imposter syndrome is a very serious issue and mm. you know i am taking the mickey out of it but you know what it, it is a serious issue
0: yeah, especially among women. So I think that's something that we kind of need to all work on as a collective because I believe in the mm-hmm. advice that I give when, when people talk about imposter syndrome is, like, people see your passion and that is enough, you know? When you're passionate about something, it comes through. Um, You know, body language um is one form of communication. Um, And I think it's, like the biggest percentage of, of communication actually is body language and then it, it's the the speech the language so I think you know being yourself and being passionate about something is enough um, and people will, will appreciate that and people will love that so um, yeah mm-hmm. I always tell people just be your passionate self if you enjoy something enough that is enough you know you don't need to do anything to mm. prove anything to anybody so if any of our listeners are kind of like interested in pursuing a career or kind of like a journey similar to yours if they had a career in maybe like an office but then they've always kind of wanted a creative career do you have any advice at all or tips that you can kind of give anyone
1: yeah I would say number one thing if is- is don't be desperate and don't be needy because universe is like a lover if you're like oh my god please let me be an actress i want to make it so bad it's like imagine you're talking to your lover and be like oh lover please please come and see me i really want to see you it's like that and universe goes i ew like i don't want that so i always tell people if you have more than one passion Mm -hmm. you know you're not just focusing on acting or just focusing on TV presenting. You need to like dip your toe in a lot of things and be always busy and creative, get the Mm. juices flowing, creative juices flowing. And then opportunities present themselves because you're not desperate. Mm. I see so many of my friends that have gone to like the best drama schools and they're auditioning. They're like, Oh my God, Mm. I can't
0: believe I didn't get that role. I was in the
1: final three. Like, nah, that the moment you get like that, you're not going to make it in this industry at all because you need to have tough skin, thick Mm -hmm. skin because we get rejected on a daily basis and we don't Mm -hmm. even know why. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we're not good actors. It's just someone else has uh, another type of nose and they're going to go with that person because the director likes her nose, you know? Mm -hmm. Something like that. It's as easy and simple as that and it's good to have another career going as well. Not like, oh, I'm going to go and wait tables or uh, work as a bartender. No, no, no. Like you need to have another passion, something that you're very passionate about that you're making money with. If you don't have that, then you're only focusing on the creative job, which means unless you're like super, super lucky. And then you, I don't know, first time auditioning for star Wars, you get the lead or something Mm. (laughs) then. Yeah. Then you're lucky. But otherwise I think this is a, this is solid advice To have more than one passion in life.
0: Yeah, 100%. It's like, it's sort of like, an entrepreneurial mindset you don't necessarily have to have your own business or company but you're you could be an entrepreneur for yourself as in you're managing your life and you're thinking about what other things what's the next thing you know as an entrepreneur you're always thinking okay I'm doing this but what else could I do and it's about having those Mm -hmm. different plans and options that kind of I think really help people to to become successful in the place that they they'd like to reach yeah I
1: mean I I have to admit I've been super lucky Key. and I think luck mm. is a very important aspect of our industry sometimes I'm thinking some of the roles I've booked maybe there are actors that are a million times better than Looking than me and more talented than me, but I was in the right place at the right time. Mm. And you know, my my two passions in life, which is my TV presenting and my acting, I kind of go hand in hand. So yeah. I've been lucky, and you know, I had a stable job as a TV reporter. I was on TV twice a week, filming every single day. So wow. yeah, I, I was kind of luckier in that aspect. But I, I see a lot of my friends do it. You know, my friend, mm. for example, she has. She does like master classes online. Another yeah. friend is a yogi. She gives yoga classes. Yeah. Another friend is a professional dancer. She goes around the world and attends all these competitions. She goes wow. to all these networking events, other dances, and she's an actress at the same mm. time. These are the people that I know for sure are succeeding and working actors, you know, yeah. because they have other things
0: going on in their lives yeah I think when you also surround yourself with that kind of group you you motivate each other, and I think it becomes easier um, because I guess not everybody is is fortunate to kind of have like maybe that support or 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 driven friends around them, and they kind of feel alone because it can be quite a lonely place um if you 're you know self employed if you 're working for yourself if you 're working in the industry mm-hmm. it can be it can be lonely. Um so yeah it's I guess it's about it's about support systems as well and 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 making your own tribe of people who can kind of support you and you can support each other. Um That's one way of looking at it yeah. Michelle but I have to kind of disagree. okay. Um <laughs>
1: because uh, let me give you a little secret. Yeah. Um m- majority of the people in the acting industry are extremely competitive and they don't mm. want to give that support to each other. Mm. because they want to win. I'm lucky that I have quite a few friends who are in the same industry and sometimes boost each other up. I feel like I'm usually the one who's boosting other people up.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and I have this very strict policy that if I'm on set and I hear someone say, oh, the acting industry is so difficult. I'm like, uh, uh, uh. don't tell me anything negative because I don't want to hear that kind of negative talk. Okay. And I'll go into kind of like encouragement mood. Mm. immediately because i'm just like i don't want to hear negativity
0: Mm. but in
1: general i think it's very difficult to find a support system Mm. if you're the same industry that's what i've experienced but if people have experienced other things that's for them you know
0: yeah no i relate um, i went to drama school as well um, i went to central um which is like a drama oh, school in london did you yeah um i didn't actually study acting there though um i wanted to pursue cuz i previously studied um my first degree at um Goldsmiths university i studied education culture and society um and then i went on because i really love education um but i wanted to still like i mentioned earlier keep those kind of creative juices flowing so i've always been passionate Mm. about the arts and acting um so i wanted to kind of merge the two together not necessarily become a drama teacher but i wanted to work within the community um and focus on um kind of like grassroots theater um, and how Mm. it can help people so like drama for therapy or or working with young offenders or working with young people um so that's kind of what I was interested in but even just doing that course and not necessarily the acting course um I did feel very alone most of the time um in comparison to my other university at drama school I literally like sat in the library by myself um it's... I mean it was good because I managed to get work done but there was no kind of like community or collaboration from anyone it felt really lonely and um quite off putting um so I very interesting yeah, that I necessarily enjoyed uh, drama school at all, to be honest. <laughs> um, so yeah, I completely uh, relate to that. It's a shame that that it, it does come to that and that it is so competitive because, with support from other people, you can kind of achieve so much. Um, so it's a shame that that people feel um, you know that they can't really be there and it is a competition all the time um yeah let's hope that there's change one day I mean so I try
1: and give back as much as possible because I believe in the karmic energy of giving Mm. so if the more I give the more I will receive for example I have a very good friend of mine she's gorgeous gorgeous Polish actress Mm. Joanna and I worked my ass off to get her into my agency okay I was like begging my agent I was like she's a hard worker. She's amazing. She's gorgeous. She's going to do it. And my agent was like, nah, nah. and then I was like texting him every day, um, mm. <laughs> which is insane. <laughs> but then he ended up her yesterday, but n- I think no other actress would do that because as actresses of similar ages mm. and you know, she's a beautiful actress. Normally she would be my competition, but I don't mm. see it like that because we're only if you're auditioning for a role, It's not a competition. There's only one perfect person for that particular role. No one else. And I would like to think every rejection is a redirection. Mm -hmm. So the universe Mm -hmm. is telling you there is a better option for you. So I'm going to redirect you in another direction. That's Mm -hmm. what I believe in. So, but I think in general, actresses or actors in general, yeah, they, they, they're not, willing to help each other like that, I think.
0: That's a shame. Um and yeah. do you think that's that's like in every kind of um culture or do you think that it's more in the UK? Because I guess I don't know if it's the same in, in other places, if you've acted elsewhere. Um I mm-hmm. feel like London, everybody's so competitive because everybody's trying to kind of achieve same things. Everyone's going for the same roles. So in London, sometimes people can feel very cold and, and it's
1: quite rigid. So let me give you some statistics. There's So imagine there's millions and millions of actors in the world and only 2% of those are working actors. Mm. And only a very tiny, tiny percent of those, tiny, tiny, zero point, whatever, is like one of those big A-list stars. I'm in the 2% working actors mm. um, bit. And imagine there's one role that gets put on spotlight or backstage or IMDb that's being advertised. Mm -hmm. The casting director will probably receive about 5,000 applications. Mm. And these are not like, you know, these are not like facts, but I'm, I'm saying like approximately they'll receive 1,000, 5,000 applications. They'll probably look through some of them and they won't have time to look through all of them. They might prefer to look through the uh, ones that come from an agency that they like, and there will be a very quick selection of yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Sometimes Mm. they'll just look at the tiny pictures on the application. They'll just go, okay, no, 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 no. And amongst those, maybe they will call 30 people into the audition room and then they might call back five of them. Wow. And then they'll make a decision of one. So the chances are slim.
0: Yeah, But if you're
1: meant to get that role, you're going to get that role.
0: Yeah Mm -hmm. I guess they're looking for a specific look so they're first of all going to look for maybe someone needs to have like auburn hair or something so they're going to look for all of the people with auburn hair and then maybe they're looking at the features then maybe they're looking at the experience um what kind of like background and experience you have so I guess about now sometimes Yeah,
1: sometimes they do like to have a black sheep in the room. And by that, I mean, like, if they're looking for an auburn haired lady, they might bring in someone who's African origin, and then the African origin lady might go and book that role because the director goes, Oh, my God, I didn't think about this. Mm. And he might like the second option better. It happens. It's happened to me with my recent TV job. I've read in the script, the the role was meant for a redhead Caucasian. And then I went and snatched it. So <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Yeah. yeah it, it's actually really true. I mean, back in the day, mm. it wasn't anything from professional, but um, I did a small uh, short film. It was mm. aired um, on Channel Four, um, and the original um, script was written for a boy, and um, they like changed the script um, and they cast me for the for the main role. So uh, um, look at you! Thanks. It, <laughs> it was only small, um, but I really enjoyed it, and like I never knew that people could completely change, you know, the whole narrative or or the whole script just because they like you. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's surprising. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I do uh, identify myself as a a feminist and Mm -hmm. yeah, I prefer not to eat sentient beings. And that happened um, maybe about like five years ago. I was with my cat Khaleesi and Mm -hmm. she's now passed away unfortunately. But I was laying on beds. Thank you. And I was laying in beds and she came on beds and I kind of put my head on her tummy and -hmm. I could hear her heartbeat. And I just had this like really weird moment of realization. And I thought, oh my God, she's alive. Obviously we know our cats are alive, (laughs) but like she's alive. Like her heart (laughs) is beating. She feels things because sometimes I can, I could see her, be in a different mood and i was like why do we eat these things so i've done a little bit of research about um you know changing my diets i've done uh i've watched quite a few films uh like cowspiracy and stuff like that yeah. and yeah immediately i was a changed human being i couldn't eat
0: meat ever again okay wow how long has it been now
1: it's coming up to six years and i try my best to be fully cruelty-free with my makeup products and like my detergents uh, and stuff like that. Because most of these things, these products like makeup and cleaning and laundry stuff, um, they're usually tested on cats and bunnies. Okay. If we're self-confessed cat ladies, how am I going to go buy a lipstick from MAC? Which is amazing. I love MAC lipsticks, but you know, I I love all cats, not just my cats. Exactly.
0: Exactly that's so true and that's something I guess that yeah all of us all of us cat lovers need to be aware of and 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 educate ourselves I think there is kind of maybe lack of education lack of information out there for us to know that um and I personally I'm not sure what all the products are um you know that are tested on on cats and animals of course I try to to be um as as sensible as possible and and buy things that are ethical um and sustainable I I choose to to go to the body shop quite a lot because I know that they Mm -hmm. support non-animal testing um which I love um so yeah if you have any more kind of like brands or anything that are go-to brands that you could suggest that would be amazing to know
1: Oh, oh my god, totally. Like if you go onto Superdrug or even Boots, okay. Literally a half of the makeup brands, like you can ask someone who works there and say yeah. which one's cruelty-free mm-hmm. or which one's vegan because those are two completely different things. Mm-hmm. When you go to for example Co-op, they they have their own range of I don't know, like washing up liquids, detergents yeah. or, you know, cleaning products. For example, what's it called, Method. Method yeah. is a great uh, choice.
0: Yes, you I know, use this.
1: Yeah, and then there's loads of shampoos and conditioners that are Mm -hmm. vegan, paraben-free, chemical-free. Those are better for your skin and your hair and obviously better for the kitties and the bunnies and sometimes dogs even. Um, But usually cats and bunnies, they go through a lot of torture and uh, abuse so that we can allegedly safely use these products. But, yeah, I, I believe in third-party testing and also human testing. Yes. Yeah. You know, make sure that it's safe enough and then test it on yourselves. Yeah. Because why do you put so many chemicals in a in a shampoo bottle, for uh-huh. example? And a cat's skin is not going to have the same pH levels as a human skin. Yes. So how does it work that you're testing on a cat and telling me that it's safe to use? So mm,
0: yeah. that doesn't make any sense. Like when you actually really think about it, why do they do that? Just doesn't, Who knows? <laughs> doesn't make sense. It's just horrible, disgusting, cruel. And you think in, you know, big 2020 that they would kind of have like some advanced technology where they no longer had to do that. Um, you know, we have patch testing if if anyone wants to get eyelashes done or things like that, so why can't we patch test mm. on ourselves?
1: It's the Chinese regulations that's messing up the industry, the, the okay. makeup and beauty industry. Because if you want to sell a product in China, by law, you're required to have it tested on animals. Which wow. Crazy law. Yeah. So, every, obviously, every makeup company, like NARS, for example, used yeah. to be cruelty-free but then they look at China. If they sell in China, there's millions of people in China. Yeah. Obviously, they want to make that much of money. Mm. So then they go, oh, okay, so now we're going to start testing on animals because we want to make more money. That's what happens. There's,
0: there's more things to be driven by, by money, honestly. Like, that's just heartbreaking. It's disgusting. Um, and Mm. I hope that you know with enough people joining and supporting the causes and obviously having people like you who are kind of like making us aware uh, about the things that are going on that um, maybe one day you know there's hope hopefully that changes can be made I mean I know China is a big company a big country sorry um Mm -hmm. uh, but you know maybe if we all the rest of the world kind of came together to to fight for what's right um that hopefully mm. it's super easy
1: you just look at the box or the product yes. you turn it around and if there's a little bunny
0: that says cruelty free it's cruelty yep. free and yeah. then you go and buy it as yeah. easy as that it is that easy um, yeah, And if there isn't anything in the box, on the box, then it's more than likely tested on animals. So. You can do a quick search on
1: your phone. I think some of the, the makeup products, they're so mm. small, they're, they might not have the bunny. Okay. Um, I know that most um, like cleaning products or shampoos or conditioners and creams, they will have the bunny. But mm. some makeup products, you just know which makeup brands to go for. Um, for example, Revolution. Yeah. You can easily find it at super uh, super drug. they're super cheap. And then there's, you then differentiate between cruelty free and vegan because yeah. some of the products are obviously not vegan. Milk is excessively used and honey. Um, okay. So you've got to check, you got to do your due diligence. It's yeah. worth it if you're a cat lady. And yeah. if
0: you're listening to this podcast, you're definitely a cat lady. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, those are very useful tips. We had um, somebody else on. Um, I think around episode two or three and she works in the beauty industry and she was also telling us about um, how to be more aware of of the products that we buy. So Mm. um, yeah, this was a nice little reminder uh, for myself and, you know, all of the listeners as well to be more conscious about the things that we're buying and and what we're investing our money into. Um. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so moving forward to my favorite part of the episode, which is about cats. So what is it about cats that you love so much, Yasmin? Okay, Michelle,
1: I'm going to say something really weird because, you know, I've been so, so normal throughout all this podcast. Um, but no, so I was in Egypt in a pyramid where I had an epiphany. I had this like weird dream-like state and I could feel in my bones and in my soul that in a previous life i was a cat and i was a bastet so okay. which is the reason why all around my house i have bastet figures and i have a bastet um tattoo and i've never not gotten along with a cat
0: mm-hmm. i always
1: get along with even the wild feral anxious mm-hmm. cats i always get along with them and i feel like i can communicate with them yeah i just love cats um mm-hmm. if I'm for example Turkey Istanbul is full of street cats and yes. they always come up to me and you know like for example right now I'm yeah um I'm looking after my one of my best friend's cats she's on mm-hmm. holiday in Turkey and she left me with two cats and day one they were straight into bed with me and cuddling <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah I just you love know what? cats I
0: yeah, that's mm. not weird at all, what you just said, because I think that I'm a cat as well. I was a cat. I still feel like I have mm. cat tendencies. I like my boyfriend to yeah. stroke my hair. I like like certain things. You know, cats can be quite they like to have their own space sometimes I'm very similar like certain mm. qualities that cats have I feel like I have as well and um yeah I feel like if I could purr I probably would um, but yeah no. I've tried <laughs> that's hilarious I try as well yeah and it, I don't know, it's, I'm the same. It's like this certain look, like I could just be walking, like minding my own business, walking in the street. And then I make eye contact with a cat. And I literally feel like the cat is trying mm. to communicate with me. Like it's trying to say something. The way the cat actually looks me directly in the eyes. Like mm. I just feel like there's, there's, there's a connection there. Like the, yeah. feel what you're saying and agree. Oh, amazing. <laughs> So, yeah, we're definitely cat ladies previously. Proud cat ladies. Cats. Mm. <laughs> but that's amazing that you had that experience in Egypt. And, of course, um, cats were in the pyramids, you know. Cats were worshipped. Cats were gods. So, um, mm. yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I'd like to actually read... Uh, a little bit more about that, um, and do some research because I find, you know, Greek mythology and, and and Egypt and and all of that so interesting. So I need to yeah actually invest some time and look into it properly because um, yeah, there's there's this whole thing about I want to give you, you don't know yeah, let me give
1: an interesting fact. So cats mm. are the only you know in quotation marks, domestic animals and pets that have never been domesticated, scientifically speaking, because they simply chose to come and live with us, whereas Mm. dogs are domesticated, horses are domesticated, but scientifically speaking, cats are not domesticated.
0: Wow, I never knew that um
1: yeah and it
0: makes sense because i feel like you know when people have spoken to me in previous episodes um a few few of our guests have had rescue cats and they kind of explain it like they didn't go to the rescue center and and choose a cat the cat chose them and it's almost like cats know who to choose who to trust who they want to be around um and they kind of make that known yeah cats Um, are just the queens of all their bosses yeah they really are (laughs) their personalities are hilarious like they are just like the perfect little weirdos I love watching cat videos I can watch them all day Um, me too (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's hilarious I try to post cat Cat videos videos like cats yeah they are I could literally (laughs) me and my boyfriend like I'm glad that I also found you know someone else who was as passionate about cats as I was and I think that that was kind of like a criteria for me I wanted to be with someone who who also felt passionate about cats like together like if we go on holiday we'll feed cats together like he he does cat sitting for me um so yeah and he also has his own cat yeah we love cats (laughs) so um yeah I It's
1: definitely a criteria for me because I remember going on a date with this guy and we were set outside somewhere in Istanbul and a cat was approaching, a a street cat was approaching and he took a glass of water and he was like, shoo, shoo. And he almost like threw the, chucked the water at the cat. And I was like, no, 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 like legit. That day was over for me. I was like, "How dare you? Mm -hmm. How dare you?" And that cat was coming to me.
0: Yeah, that
1: cat was coming to me to say hello. Like I could see it because he he was looking at me. I was looking at the cat. I was like, "Oh, so Um, cute." Oh, yeah. That's definitely criteria number one. You gotta love animals, and you gotta love cats.
0: Yes, because if you love animals then you'll love me (laughs) because you have to be a special person (laughs) and have a special person in your heart to to love animals and what we can do is just educate people educate the ones who maybe don't have the connection with cats or or don't really understand them because Mm -hmm. I think it's a lack of understanding you know there was all of these kind of like myths about cats back in the days you know especially black cats saying that they're evil I or whatever cats. I love black cats as well but it's like we have to kind of break the, that barrier and and that lack of education and let people know that you know cats are are amazing and they're loving yeah. and um they just want to be love and give love
1: I think the stigma around black cats came from Many centuries ago, when, when we had witches, mm-hmm. so um, witches would be able to kind of communicate and get along with black cats more because black cats are known to have bigger energetic uh, powers. So mm. as you may know, when cats purr, they have healing powers. They yes. can relax you
0: they can heal you
1: and they can make you feel better. And what they have found is I was reading this article and black cats have a much bigger energetic power and witches back in the day used to prefer working with cats who were black. Mm. So I think the stigma comes around from the hatred towards witches. And I don't know if witches were hated, hated upon because they had you know magical powers in quotation mm. marks mm-hmm. or because they were outright feminists and back yes. in the day, that was yes that was a no-go
0: listen that I love was, witchy things as well so. yeah I have a black <laughs> cat I'm into witchy things I've got lots of crystals that I keep by my bed um I'm very much into yeah to um so yeah i completely agree i think um in in worlds that kind of um where men kind of have this power um and and women are kind of like put to the side sometimes i think that they feel threatened um by any kind of like big feminist movement i mean look at the suffragettes mm. literally it's in the name they had to suffer for for mm. like the rights that we have today so um yeah i'm all yeah. for all for big female movements and witches and black cats love it all <laughs> <laughs> um, we so shall you... end the patriarchy uh,
1: exactly the power of cats
0: Oh, yeah, let's all be witches and get black cats. So, you also foster cats, is that right?
1: I have done before. At mm. the moment, I have my friends' cats at mine, so I, I can't have other cats but um yeah so fostering works like this if you don't have a cat preferably yeah. RSPCA representative comes to your house and asks mm-hmm. you loads of questions and there's like a little interview and they check your house whether if it's suitable for a cat and your experience and background with cats and yeah they then give you a cat pre-adoption it can mm-hmm. be a normal cat. It can be a problematic cat, a feral cat, and then yeah. you kind of get them used to being indoors or okay. being with human beings. Mm-hmm. And then um, RSPCA receives lots of applications for the cats, and then the cats get adopted out. So the the people who want to adopt will come to my house and meet the cat and then take the cat. Oh. So that's how it works. And yeah, the reason why RSPCA does this is because before preparing the cat for adoption, we don't want the cats to be staying in a cage because mm. it can take months before a cat is adopted. So it's much better for the cat to be in a, a flat or in a house with human interaction. And then they're much happier and ready to be adopted for their forever homes, really.
0: Oh, and I guess sometimes anyone can, can do that. Hard. Oh, that's good. That's good to know. And I think it's nice for people who maybe can't maybe commit to long-term um, having a pet. So it's nice to mm. maybe have, you know, a pet for a short time that you could help until they find their forever home. Um, maybe somebody has a career where they it's travel a lot. It's tough work. Yeah. I it's imagine. tough
1: work. I think these cats can go and damage furniture. They mm. can pee everywhere. They yeah. can attack you or harm you. because You've got to be aware of all of those. So I don't, think, uh-huh. I don't think it's suitable for someone who says, oh, I just want to cuddle with a kitty for a few months. It doesn't mm. always work like that. The mm-hmm. first foster kitty was the most cuddly cat ever. It was oh. amazing. His name was Soxy. It was a gorgeous <laughs> black cat but he loved damaging my carpet and peeing on it so okay so it, it's it's not a easy journey i would say yeah. it's not everyone's cup of tea so yeah. you've got to really really love cats otherwise it's yeah. like oh my god there's pee everywhere <laughs> and you know about cat pee it's um so acidic it's impossible yes. to remove and it causes permanent damage so
0: yeah you know Yeah, I think it's just doing lots of research and and being aware of some of the factors, you know, that could happen. And, of course, listening to this podcast, listening to what you just said, Mm -hmm. um, so that could really help someone who's, like, thinking or considering about going down that route of fostering. Mm. So, yeah, no, it's it's really lovely that you do that, by the way. I'm really happy because there's lots that really need love and and support and I think that transition you're right instead of going from a cage to a home but actually going from a home to a home Mm. it makes all that difference and I can imagine like Battersea and all of these other kind of rescue centers are really you know packed with with animals and i think you know during covid hmm. as well there was this like misconception that you can get there's all this, this talk that you can get coronavirus yeah. from cats and i just think it's ridiculous you know why would you put that into the media why would you put that out to the world because now people are going to go and abandon their cats and that's just completely ridiculous oh, so because you can't pa- you can't pass you so know, many
1: people
0: yeah it's horrible because you know from different species you can't get you can't give your cat a cold and your cat can't give you a cold or a virus so why would you think that you can get coronavirus from a cat that doesn't make any sense uh,
1: i don't know how it works i don't know the the scientific background but yeah that's. I mean, I think especially in Turkey, a lot of people kind of chucked a lot of their animals and pets oh. out on the streets, and it was a huge thing. So the government had to actually make announcements and say, "Please stop doing this. You can't okay. catch corona from your animal."
0: Mm. Um,
1: but yeah, that that was
0: a big thing. Well, I'm glad that the government, you know, eventually stepped up and and told them because mm. you know it's happening everywhere. You know, in Turkey, in the UK, in America, in you know the uae yeah. everywhere so um yeah. not good so you also do cat sitting is that right
1: yes so i yeah. do cat sitting mm-hmm. um i prefer to do it to nearby neighbors i don't yes. travel too far for it yeah and i use a few of the the websites of have yeah. become uh Know like registered to some of the websites and then I mm-hmm. to, uh, help out with friends. Obviously, I don't charge yeah. them, yeah. and it was a way for me to kind of, you know, be able to just have cat connection because mm-hmm. uh, my cat passed away. Yeah. And the twenty third of September, it's going to be one year anniversary of her death. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of my friends have said to me, "You're such a good cat mom. Like, why wouldn't <sighs> you adopt another one?" But yeah. I don't have the the heart or the courage to put myself in that situation again Aww. because my baby died age five from a heart attack and it oh was just shock and we didn't expect it. Yeah. And, wow. you know, it's just weird because I was such an attentive mom and yeah. I was. Always with my cat and, you know, I took her to the best vets and I bought the best quality food. And for her to die like that, yeah. I was just kind of like, oh my God, what have like, no, I done wrong?
0: Mm. The
1: shock was bad and the mourning period was really, really long. Like I would just cry oh, every single day. Oh,
0: no. So
1: cat sitting and cat boarding for me was a way to kind yeah. of just have a yeah. cat connection. Um, yeah. I don't need ready to adopt another cat um Mm -hmm. because i'm just i'm just really really scared of losing another animal so maybe one day i'll be mature enough and i'll get (laughs) over it and i'll be able to home another kitty but at the moment it's a it's a big no for me of
0: course yeah i mean Um, there needs to be a
1: long healing period yeah
0: definitely i think you know the same human and animals you never really get over a loss completely they'll always be in your Mm. heart and i i recorded an episode um just with me speaking um at the beginning beginning of the the podcast about my cats and one of my first cats that i lost um and again it was unexpected um deaf i live next to Mm. the river thames and um my cat got stuck um, in between one of the little holes that is um, in the wall, um, <gasps> just down by the river, yeah. And he was there for a couple of days. Um, we were going out <gasps> calling him every day, yeah. Didn't know where he was, and apparently a jogger, because a lot of people jog, you know, around the river. Could hear like faint meow cries, um, and he kind of thought oh nothing God. of it on the first day. He came back and heard it again the second day um and then reported it and by the time they came out um he'd already passed away so um yeah I I still get upset even now just like talking about it it still really upsets me um because there was nothing we could kind of do about it um so yeah it's hard um and it is really hard. The only reason why we got another cat is because my grandma passed away, so we took um her cat, who is now still our cat. Mm. he's twenty one years old, so he's very old for oh a cat. yeah, um he has some kidney problems, but he looks amazing for his age um and yeah, I love him. <laughs> So yeah he's I'm just happy that he's still in our lives. I mean he I remember he he being kitten when I was like 9 years old and I'm now 32. Yeah. So yeah he's been like my my life like most of my life. So yeah. It's it's that I mean, is crazy. <laughs>
1: Twenty-one year old cat. Oh my god.
0: I know. A lot of people don't realise, you know, that cats can, you know, live such a fruitful life. And I guess it all comes down to, you know, the love that you give them, the food, the yeah, everything. It all
1: Well you say out. that.
0: <laughs> I know, Mine I know. Died. <laughs> No, I know. Um, and yeah, sometimes it's hard, you know, you don't know if there is like an underlying condition. You know, it, it happens, doesn't it, with humans and cats?
1: I have an explanation for mine. Really? um I think this, this might be quite controversial, but okay. back in the day, about like six years ago, I wasn't such a huge animal lover. I wasn't uh, a veggie. I wasn't like protesting and this and this. So mm-hmm. I went to a cat farm and bought a um a pedigree
0: okay
1: and she was a british short hair she was beautiful yeah but now obviously i'm against buying and i always recommend people to go and adopt but i didn't have that mindset so Mm -hmm. i had bought a pedigree and what i've realized is most of these pedigrees have a lot of genetic conditions yeah they have you know my my cat had three seizures in front of my eyes and i don't know how many seizures she might have had when I wasn't at home, say. So yeah. I think it's genetic because I've heard it from other people with British short hairs or other, yeah. like, you know, fancy pedigrees yeah. that they have had this problems with like, you know, dying at an early age. Mm. So I would, you know, definitely say maybe do your due diligence and research from, yeah. you know, where are you buying the cat from? Who mm-hmm. is the, the cat breeder. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think every British short hair is going to have a short life, Yeah, but you know, This is something that I've come across very often. Yeah,
0: no, it's the same. And in dogs as well, with like Frenchies and pugs, they do have like Mm. breathing problems and different kind of genetic disorders because of the way they were bred um and then of course the pedigree so yeah now I and and on this show as well we talk a lot about um adopting cats because you know there's so many cats that need homes um so instead of like putting all of this money in someone's pocket and funding their kind of breeding business which I just find really wrong anyway um I mean I know there are obviously reputable breeders But just, you know, thinking about them as like cattle or like breeding them, it just doesn't sit well with me. Um, And there's just so many cats that need a home. So um, definitely. This is the thing, I never knew. I never knew. I just thought,
1: I want a cat. What do I do?
0: I'll Google it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I never knew about adopting. I would definitely recommend people to. Go and check out RSPCA's adoption pages. But sometimes there's a huge list of people that are applying and they want these cats. And what do they do? So they go online and find these um, pedigree breeders. So what is the other Ooh. other option? Um, sometimes someone someone's cat will be pregnant, and mm. you know what they do is like they put out a post. There's loads of Facebook groups. Yeah, you go and maybe like 50 pounds but it's definitely not 300 pounds 400 pounds for yeah, a category yeah. go and purchase a cat exactly. from a, a neighbor or exactly. someone nearby whose cat has given birth and even with that you need to be very careful because you know when people are you know selling these cats for even a small fee but they're still selling the cats yeah um you know, are they asking the right questions? Are they yeah. just giving it to the person that applies? Yeah. And also, I need to also add that there is a adoption fee with the RSPCA. So it's yeah. not 100% free. There's always a yeah. small fee. But
0: yeah, yeah, of course. It's worth it. Yes, 100%. You know, it's good. And I think, you know, with the fee as well, it it means that at least they're carrying out the things, you know, that needs to be done. So that's completely understandable. And another thing I would say to people who are thinking about getting a kitten is making sure the kitten is the right age to be separated from the mum. Um, because sometimes you know there's been cases where people have separated the kitten too early and it's just not good health-wise at all kitten needs to leave their mum until I think it's three months but don't quote me I think it's I think it's like something like that yeah
1: the cat needs to learn things from yes so yes Want to like adopt a cat and the cat comes home and pees everywhere? Yeah, it, it means that the mommy didn't teach the kitty, yeah, because usually they get litter trained from their moms and they copy what their moms, moms are doing. Do. So, it's good to wait a few months. And I know yeah. kitties are really cute when they're tiny, but um, also, another thing if you get a kitty very tiny, and I have looked after orphans, um, you need Aww. to realize that cats can't pee. Uh, by by themselves. So what the mom does is they go and lick the, yeah the area yeah, where encouraged. the pee comes, and that's how yeah, yeah baby kitty pee. So yeah. if if you are looking after an orphan, and you know this is like the most extreme example. Yeah. Normally the kitty should be with a mom or like another mom was given birth and maybe they will like adopt the kitty but you have to like for example hand feed the cat you need to take a cotton and then mm. wet it and then kind of like push on the the area where uh the pee comes from yeah. and then that's the only way they can pee otherwise they might explode and oh. they might die because they don't have the muscles to encourage the yeah. pee to come out so it's well, hard work you... don't think a kitty yeah. is really
0: cute no there's a lot of work into it you're responsible mm. for something that's living for from for something that needs you just the same as a baby you know if you used to have a baby you're responsible yeah. for everything that you need yeah. to do so people need to think of their pets as as the same they're just fur babies that's,
1: <laughs> yeah. that's why we wait three months that's why yeah. the mom does all of that work and exactly. then you can happily take the cat home. and they'll exactly. go in the litter and they won't make it a mess yeah you can just like feed with them otherwise orphan kitties are a lot of work yeah there's this lady called Hannah Shaw she's a huge youtuber and an influencer and mm. she rescues kittens and has like her own like orphan club she's got millions of followers she's the biggest cat lady in the community so i would definitely recommend people to Mm. go and hannah show yeah to go and watch her youtube videos before you adopt a cat so that you become a little bit more knowledgeable to know whether if that cat is going to bring you um kind of happiness because Again, the cats shed fur, they Mm -hmm. uh, make a mess with their litter box and sometimes it's going to be smelly. And, you know, I just want to encourage people to know all of the negatives before thinking about, oh, it's going to be cute and cuddly and soft. No, know the negatives and make sure that you're responsible enough to deal with that. And then you're going to be happy. Otherwise, it's not going to bring you happiness, I I think. But if if you're willing to have that responsibility of owning a pet, pet and being a mom, then yeah, it's the same as being a mom for a baby. Like, yeah. do you have time to change diapers and be with them for the next 18 years and onwards? Yeah. It's the yeah. same with a cat. So the cat might be with you for 15 years or 21 years like yeah. your grandma's cat. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's a huge responsibility to wake up every morning and to think, I need to get, I need to feed the cats. I need to change the litter if yeah. i 'm going on holiday, I need to make sure that the cat's going to be safe and sound yeah. with a cat sitter or with a yeah. friend you know it 's a constant worry about their health about the the, the money that you spend on their yes. food and veterinary bills and things yes. like that so I would say cats bring me a lot of joy, yeah, but i 'm also heartbroken because my angel has left me I so know. You know it as well, and you know you've got to be prepared for everything. for that exactly, exactly. Just a quick one about mm. cat handling for movies. Yes, yes.
0: Um,
1: because um, if people go and Google my name, they might yeah. see that I have worked with cats on movies and commercials okay. and things like that. I just encourage people to get to know their cats first. My cat uh, that passed away, Khaleesi, was. Yeah. A huge fan of the cameras. I would be really? you know, taking a picture of myself. <laughs> she would jump in front of the camera. I'd be doing oh. a self tape. She would be like amazed, amazed by the cameras. I would oh. put clothes on her. So the cat would start purring.
0: That's She's not adorable. normal for a cat. <laughs>
1: so normally, you put cat clothes on a cat. They're yeah. going crazy. They yeah. don't like yeah. it. They don't. Do that. So, like, my cat was weird. And if <laughs> you see that in your cat, then maybe think about getting an agent and maybe getting in the film industry. Yeah. So I was obviously a little bit more lucky because mm. I am already in the industry and I would, I know directors and I know people uh, that were interested in my cats. So I could take her on set and she would be very confident and she'd see yeah. the cameras and whatnot. But otherwise I'm just going to let everyone know this is like one in a million. That <laughs> okay. Cats like the cameras and stuff like that. So just make sure that your cat Likes being dressed up and likes being put, you know, put in diamond chains and whatnot, (laughs) like my Khaleesi Versace chain. (laughs) And she loved it. But I just wanted to share some photos
0: of us so that we could see.
1: I know (laughs) the idea of training a cat. I've been Mm -hmm. on set before and Khaleesi has refused to come out of her bag. And it happens because at that moment she's like, I'm going to be a diva and this is what I choose to do. So. I think clues to look out for is maybe if you've got, like, a little chocolate wrap and that makes a little noise or they, yeah. they, they have a favorite toy, are they following it with their eyes? If you tell them, come mm. here, do they come? When you put clothes on them, do they purr and, like, get really happy? Or are they like, oh, my God, take this out of me? Mm. You know, you got to just, like, know the differences and yeah. make a responsible decision.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I guess all cats have boundaries, but I guess some are more natural. <laughs> Born actors, nervous. <laughs> <They're novice>. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mother yeah, like daughter. Yeah, exactly. Clearly.
1: <laughs> also, one last thing before we say bye is yeah. animal agencies for modeling and film work. Yeah, they do not charge you; they work for you. So ah. there's a lot of scam websites online where they say, "Give us this much money, and we're going to make sure your animal ends up in like a magazine cover." It doesn't uh. work like that. Those are all tams don't okay. believe it okay. a normal animal agency will not charge you they will charge you commission on what you make from the the work so they wow. might get like 20% or 15 yeah. I don't know um but yeah don't be fooled and yeah that's it uh, no. yeah it's mu- you've got much more luck if you've got a dog with cats mm. there's already a lot of like talented cats so it's it's a very um competitive <laughs> Again, oh, it's yeah. a very competitive uh, yeah. and small industry.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of see the same cats kind of circulate around different films and, and advertisements, yeah. I but can imagine. dog owners, yeah, dog
1: owners, they're lucky. They will yeah. always work, or will work
0: Yeah. And dogs yeah.
1: are very happy to be on camera and, yeah. and meeting new people.
0: <laughs> yeah, they do. They love it, don't they? Aww. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. And sorry, I forgot to mention about the cat handling. So thank you so much for kind of reminding us. Um, and if any of our listeners, you know, want to find you, um, know more about your work, the cats, where can uh, they find you online? I They can
1: easily Google my name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on every single social media platform. Um, my cat's Instagram account is Yaz the Cat Lady. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, you name it. I'm everywhere.
0: Perfect. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure to include that in the show notes as well for our listeners so that you can get the information to follow Yasmin. Um but I think we'll wrap yeah. that up now. Um it was like I said, amazing talking to you. So inspiring and informative, and I've really enjoyed it. So thank you. Cheers, Michelle.